Evolutionary.org presents Evolutionary Hardcore Podcast with your co-hosts, Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the most hardcore and underground info in the industry. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6... Good morning, everybody. Evolutionary.org hardcore podcast coming your way. This is number 136. They were doing Cass Martin. Uh, this is our first female that we're doing, Mobster. So Steve Smee here and the Mobster. What's up, buddy? Hi, yeah, you're definitely right. Fella. I don't think we've done any hardcore podcasts on women's cities. It's a new one for me. I know that you've done them in some of the other Evo podcasts. First one for the hardcore. Yeah, and not a lot of women get talked about. You know, uh, most of our listeners are men. I don't know the breakdown, probably 89, 89, 80, 90%, but we have from some very loyal female listeners. I've interviewed yes. a few of them over the years. Female, uh, female fitness, female bodybuilding, female CrossFit, female anything regarding fitness. Females are much more prolific when it comes to this stuff. If you're ever in the gym, you see a, you put a serious female against a serious guy. The serious female kicks the guy's ass in the gym. So female, females are really, really hardcore when it comes to fitness who are really, really into it much more yeah. than men. They, they seem to work harder. They seem to push more. They seem to, you know, know their body so much better. I think it has a lot to do with our biology. Women are the ones out that give birth. Men don't give birth. I think there's a connection there. What do you think, mobster? I'm just thinking if you go to the kind of spit and sawdust type gyms that I go to and you're a woman that steps into that environment, you have to be on point. You have to be focused. You have to be serious. So, of course, that's that's the reason why we're seeing the people like that. And, of course, our forums. Our forums are hardcore. They're not fit this figure. There's a little bit of that. So women that come on there and stand out, you're hardcore for sure. So Cassandra Martin, guys, she has been around for, I'd say about six, seven years now. She's now approximately 31 years old. She's five foot five, 130 pounds lean. You can see her pictures on her Instagram page. She now has, we're talking about on the pre-show, she's grown her Instagram page over the past few years uh, amazingly well. She is up to over 2.2 million followers. So she has a huge footprint on the fitness industry, female fitness industry. So she's not Kim Kardashian, but she does have a lot of followers. You have that many followers, you're in the driver's seat. So she's she's done well for herself being only 31 years old. Her story after graduating college, this was before she came became a fitness celebrity. She was working construction with her boyfriend, but she's always loved sports. And she was introduced to fitness when she was in her early 20s because she saw a picture of Jamie Eason on the cover of a fitness magazine. So that inspired her to start training in the gym. Her boyfriend gave her some tips. Her goal was to build a body even better than Jamie Eason. And she ended up getting leaner and gaining some good, clean muscle mass. So she's definitely on the way for that. So she fell in love with bodybuilding. She um, also wanted to follow another one, Dana Lynn Bailey, who we may do in a future episode. A year later, she had amazing progress and she started gaining recognition in the 50s. So now about, what, seven years later, now she's up to 2.2 million followers. And we talked about that. In the past four years, she's actually gained a million followers on Instagram. So she keeps yeah. gaining. And, um, you know, you compare that to someone like Rich Piana, Rich Piana, a few years back only had 1.1 million followers. So she was ahead of Rich Piana. So that tells you how important she is. So definitely check out our Instagram page. She also has a Facebook page. She has a huge fan base there. She also has a bunch of videos on YouTube. Um, some of them have been taken down in the article that we're going to link. Her videos were taken down, so you're not going to be able to access them through the article. But if you do go to YouTube, you can see videos of her lifting. And she is uh, quite an impressive weightlifter uh, as a female. She would, you know, uh, 
it would, she'd be very intimidating in any gym. Um, she, she'd be intimidating <laughs> to not just females, but also men, um, just by the oh, way yeah. she works for sure. So, and she, you know, some of her videos, she, what's impressive about her mobster, you can talk about this is how much weight she lifts. She's extremely strong. And you're going to talk about her training style in a little bit as well, but for her weight being only what, 120, 130 pounds at, at the most, she can do a lot of weight and she's extremely strong. I haven't seen very many strong women that have that body type that and weigh that much and are that strong. And she's very, very, very strong. And uh, she's also very built. She's got some pretty impressive guns on her for sure. So mobster, tell us a little bit about your thoughts on that. And then maybe get in her training style because she follows a Mr. Olympia for her training style. Right. So, I mean, I've, I've come from one of the competitions that we used to promote here in the UK when I had my company was something called uh, the Seven Valley Strongman Competition. In fact, one year, I think we might have actually done it twice. We put on Britain's Strongest Women. And uh, so I'm, I'm and, and through the other competitions that I've done when we've had female competitors, I've seen strong women. The issue here is really there's nothing really to stop women actually getting a level of strength similar to Cass, except obviously there's a whole, you know, am I pushing myself too hard? Am I going to look too masculine kind of vibe? Now, as I say, I'm, I'm, I'm well aware of girls that look, I wouldn't necessarily say that they were supermodels or anything like that, but reasonably pretty, reasonably feminine and still strong. Uh, I can think of one of the local girls here that's done a 205 kilo deadlift and uh, held a record in their class and she wasn't overly muscular, for example. So there's the, the real issue here for, for a lot of us, and Steve is quite correct in terms of it being intimidating, is it's actually intimidating to both sexes. If you're a young fella that's just starting your weightlifting journey and you're out there struggling to do, I don't know, a 130 pound bench press or 200 pound squat and something like that, and there's a girl over in the gym and she's smashing the granny out of the weights and she's doing two plates this and three plates that. That can be intimidating, but it's also intimidating for women because the whole body conscious insecurity thing comes into play here. And you'll have women that, you know, they're worried about losing their baby belly and whatever. And again, there's a woman over in the corner of the gym looking feminine, keeping, you know, with nails on and hair and extensions and whatever. And we'll get into that as well in a minute. And the whole, you know, they will have their insecurities at play. So it goes both ways. For the woman themselves that's out there doing this stuff, I've always been kind of on the cusp of these things. I've, I've never, ever, ever kind of been overly negative in terms of a woman wants to go to the gym and really grind the weights out and really push herself through, through, through the mill and turn into something positive. That's absolutely fantastic. Like a lot of people, I'll struggle if it goes too far. If, if a guy went to the gym and trained to become more feminine, it would be just as much a, a problem for me to get my head around and deal with my own sort of issues as a woman going in the other direction, which has become more masculine. Because then you know, into the whole body, I did the body consciousness and, and all that kind of stuff. And as I said to Steve in the pre-show, you know, we have to have some small amount of insecurity to drive us to get to the gym, to improve, to want to be better. But it's when it gets too far, when it becomes obsessive or whatever else. Cast to me is right on the cusp, uh, where, you know, between being overly muscular, too strong, but at the same time, she's right there just holding on to a, a, a good look, a great look for Instagram, and perhaps in her own mind, still looking feminine as well. But yeah, I'm she's got great genetics for arms, especially there, Steve. Those triceps are, are, are popping, to say the least. And... Uh, she looks great when she's doing what she's doing. But if she's the weight that Steve's talking about, she's thrown that one around on, on the article. She's thrown her body weight around on bent over rows and with reasonable form, and especially with reasonable form for a 130-pound woman. Yeah, back to you, Steve. So let's talk a little bit about her Instagram. Um, she promotes some, some uh, supplements, drinks, protein bars, typical stuff. She also has on our website a opportunity where you can order some weight training equipment, bands, ropes, sliders, and she has programs that you can purchase. 
And it's, it's a hundred dollars. I went through and I looked, she's got full personalized nutrition plans. She has personalized plant-based or omnivore programs. And this, this is for both men and women. And it's a six week training challenge that you can sign up for. So we see this a lot in the industry and they make you know, pretty decent money selling these programs. So you basically put in your weight, you put in your, your diet style, and then it'll come up with a program for you. So if you want to spend a hundred dollars on something like that, you can, um, I don't know, I haven't signed up for it, so I can't say, um, so, but it seems to me, you know, it's just the same copy paste stuff. If you put in a certain amount of weight, it's going to be, she's going to tell you to eat this or train this way. So it's going to be that I highly doubt it's personalized. Um, so, but yeah, you can make a lot of money selling these types of programs online. If you have a big following for sure. I know mobster wants to jump in a little bit, but tell us a little there's, bit more. There's, yeah. there's, there's two things here. I agree hundred percent with Steve. If you've got 2.2 million followers, if, and we've done the numbers, we did this in a previous podcast that'd be going live soon. If you've got that many followers and you just take 1% or in one tenth of 1% of these as potential customers, there's no damn way this woman or any athlete that suggests that they're offering personalized programs is literally sitting down with the, with the customer's details on a piece of paper or on a computer screen or whatever, even a software program, and doing something personalized. It's just not fucking possible. You would, there is not, if she had, let's say for argument, I'll pick a random number out for him. If she had 300 clients and 30 or 40 new clients a week, she would need to spend the best part of something like 15 or 20 hours a week just on new customers, never mind the other customers, never mind the next five weeks, never mind the next four weeks. This is physically impossible. So let's throw that out there right there. The only part we personalize, as Steve's talked about just now, would be, you know, adjusting for body weight. If it's, it's not going to be Sandra from Sydney getting her details on a piece of paper by Cass and Cass working out what needs to be done. That's just not happening. So it's, it's, it's no more personalized than, than, than me writing stuff in and giving my signature away. Yeah, it's got my name on it, but that's it. Regarding the other stuff, I'm not going to knock Cass on the other stuff purely and simply because you have to make a living. But it's quite simple in terms of these particular things. And let's use a protein bar uh, uh, as an analogy. And, and I'll use a, a, a similar analogy. Say, for example, the latest phone. Okay, so you, if I am a company that wants to push a product and I look at Cass's profile and she fits what my company likes. She looks good. She's not overly muscular. She's got the number one thing would be the 2.2 million followers. Let's send her a box of protein bars. Let's send her the, the latest phone that my company or a company that works with me wants to promote. Now, I know that Cass can sit there on a doorstep looking up into the camera and hold this phone up to her ear. And it's going to be a bunch of people going, that's a nice looking camera that Cass has got there. And I go, Cass, I'll, I'll ask you to pose with this phone, say how great it is to use, say how the battery life is amazing, say how, it, and I quote, it fits into my fitness lifestyle. Boom. And there's $10,000 that's mysteriously appeared in your bank account. <laughs> that's just how it works. Call me a cynic. I, I, man, if I had 2.2 million followers and people wanted to send me free phones, I'd be just as cynical, but I'd be looking at the money. I'd be looking at the phone. The only way that you get past that kind of stuff is you genuinely get sent a bunch of phones and you choose the one that's the best, the one that you like, and you have that whole kind of vibe. The, the, the lot of the stuff that you do now, and, and the reason why I ended up getting that way is a bunch of companies, I believe YouTube, for example, has to include something like a product placement blurb in there, has to be hashtagged into your Instagram now, because it was getting a little bit too carried away about two, three years ago, where people were not even really subtly, but sometimes subtly, um, plugging away products, talking about, oh, this is a makeup I always use, this is a lipstick I always use. This is a hair thing that I always use. And in reality, it was literally the latest thing that had been sent to them. The, the contract had been worked out with a lawyer. The people that run the social media account had done a, done a deal. And uh, the famous person X 
was pushing this 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 particular product. It's the first time it ever been mentioned on their Instagram, and they got ten thousand dollars. They got a hundred thousand dollars. As Steve said earlier on, if you was a Kardashian, you was getting probably a million dollars. Serious serious money, and you know it's great. I've I've had free stuff sent to me, but one of the things I always used to do when I had my magazine, and this stuff would come to me, I would say, listen, if it's negative. And I think it was negative. If, if, if it really wasn't quite what I was hoping it would be, if it wasn't that good of a product, I would send my review back to the company and say, do you still want me to publish this? Or, or are you going to say to me, do you know what, Steve? Thank you very much for your review. Thank you for your thoughts, but please don't publish that negative review. And that was the way that we got around that. So pretty much everything I did publish was positive and I, I did like and I did use but we, they, there was certainly a bunch of stuff out there that could have been negative that would have been published. And that was the way that I got around it. So, yeah, back to you, Steve, in terms of how that stuff works. Yeah, so, you know, we're talking about this on the pre-show as well. Uh, tennis players, female tennis players, if you yeah. follow them, there's some really beautiful female tennis players. Sure. And um, if you're a tennis fan, I don't know, Mobster, if you like tennis over there in Britain. Yeah. You play on grass over there. I'm just not me, not me personally, yeah. but the Brits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you if you like to watch tennis on TV, which I, I kind of do, if it's like the big the big championships. Yeah, me at all. We like watching the females. We don't like watching them because the males is like you hit the ball twice and then it's over. The females they volley back and forth. It's more entertaining. Let me put it that way. The female tennis is more entertaining. So you know, there's some very gorgeous female tennis players, especially over there in East Europe. Oh my God, those women are beautiful. And um, if you look on their Instagram page, you got a lot of followers and they got purses. They're holding up purses. They're holding up uh, these purses are like $5,000 purses, $10,000 purses, all kinds jewelry. of stuff. Yeah, jewelry and stuff. Guys, <laughs> they're giving those for free and then they can go and put the pictures of them online and if they pimp out you know, those, those products to, to their followers. So that's how it works. That's how marketing works. Marketing runs the world. It's all about marketing. You can basically sell anything to anybody with effective marketing. That's been proven in, in, in studies and stuff. So, you know, we're, we're victims of marketing. It's everywhere. It's, it's not just watching TV. You can go to a sporting event. There's marketing. You can go down the street. There's billboards. It's marketing, marketing, marketing. It's all about marketing. And it works. Marketing works on people. So they make money through these endorsements. That's how she makes money through her endorsements. And it's a, it's, you know, you got to milk it for as long as you can, because one day it may, it may be over. You never know what can happen. So she's young. She's got a lot of years ahead of her. So it will be interesting to see over the next 10, 15 years, how a lot of these fitness celebrities end up still milking things because with women it's different than men women when they're young that's when they're marketable but as they age people don't want marketers they don't mess with older women but men as men age they almost improve their marketing so it's kind of weird the way it works uh between male and females and because uh, with females, you know, they want to go after the early 20s. They want to go over to lock them in for 10 years. Then once they get into their 30s and 40s, especially, you're, you know, we're done with you. They eat them up and they spit them out. So that's the way it works. Um, that's the way it works in this world. So she's got to milk as much as she can financially, get as many endorsements as she can, make as much money. Because in 10 years, it may not be there anymore. So she's definitely doing it for sure. So mobster touch on that a little bit and then get into her training. Right. So one of the things I said in the pre-show to Steve is, listen, we're in a day and an age now. We really should be able to do pretty much anything you want, be anything you want. But here's the reality, and Steve just touched on this. It's quite simple. It's economics. If I have a company and I have a product to sell, and I, I know that there's 2.2 million followers out there, economics to me suggests that a pretty looking, in my opinion, in the company's opinion, fitness figure, someone that goes to the gym, someone that wears the right kind of clothing, sometimes that has a target audience of followers that will like my product and buy my product. And she has the sheer numbers that if a, a fraction of a percent is going to sell me 500 or 600 of my new phones, then that's how it works. Now, she could be something from a Victorian fucking freak circus with a moustache, and she's still going to have followers. 
She could be a 400 pound woman and she's still going to have followers. But would she have 2.2 million followers? Would her followers want to buy my phone, my products? It's simple economics. It doesn't matter what, our, and, and I know this is going to be one of those positive, negative things in terms of the comments. It doesn't matter what we do in this podcast or you listening think if the company sees that this product can be sold because Cass has the right kind of followers, then that's how it works. And the rest is semantics. We can argue to the cows come home, as we say in the UK. But the bottom line is, does she sell products? Does the way that she looks sell products? I'm going to say yes all day long. And like I said, it only needs to be a fraction. It needs to be one-tenth of 1% 1 of her 2.2 million followers and I'm guaranteed four, five, six hundred sales of a $2,000 fund. It just is the way that it is. There are people out there with the income that follow her. That's how it is. Right, training. As I said, I think there's just a training thing here. And it's just, again, back to that stuff that I mentioned right at the beginning. She, she comes across for her weight, for her size, as a strong, muscular woman. She's definitely a, a plus a role model in that particular way. The thing, as I mentioned earlier on, is that a woman that goes to the gym and lifts the kind of weights that she does, and they're not excessive. We're not talking about 300-pound belt over rows here or 600-pound squats. It's not that kind of excess, but for her size, for her structure, and even with the genetics that she does have, which is definitely good genetics, for, 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 for holding a great-looking muscle, it's not excessive. But relative to most women that go to the gym and what most women want, she's a muscular, a strong, powerful, muscular woman. And I think we talked about this in the article. It's all kind of basic. That she, she, she's hardcore. It's bent over rows, it's squats, it's deadlifts, it's bench, it's curls, it's pressing. It's not fancy. She's not, she's not showing you like a million different kind of machines. She's not one of these girls that's spending, you know, four hours just working glutes on a glute machine or anything like that. This is all pretty. She's getting under the squat bar. She's doing deadlifts regardless, you know, of how she's worked on her appearance before she's gone to the gym, there's, there's no no fancy stuff in. Basics work, people. It just does. If you can squat 600 pounds for reps, I'm not saying that's what Casper do, but if, that's, if you're a guy and you can squat 600 pounds for reps, you're going to have pretty big legs. If it's a single, if it's a powerlifter, just wait your thing, there's not always the size that comes with it. But basics, it worked for Ronnie Coleman, Jay Cutler's done decent numbers in the past. Pretty much every bodybuilder you can think of that's got 30-something inch fires as repped on the squats, and Cass is out there repping on the squats. Now, in her case, her genetics allow for a muscular, feminine, just the right cusp on, on, on the cusp of not being overly, overly muscular. It's not too much. She's got great shape, and it's working for her. That's a genetic thing, but she's in there. She's putting her stuff under the basics. There's no frills in here, Steve. She, Short of the, sort of having to adjust her makeup or whatever else, she would she was right into the kind of gyms that I go to, getting her stuff there. And you could you, we could we could debate as we did in the pre-show. She probably obsesses a little bit too much, and this is my opinion, a, a, a personal opinion, in terms of making sure that the outfits are just so. Perhaps that's a, a professional expectation of needing to look a certain way. Perhaps the hair is just so. You know, listen, I'm a kind of guy, get a rubber cold flannel on my face, go to the gym. I'm not thinking about lipstick. I'm not thinking about makeup. I'm not having Botox. I'm not making sure my hair's just right. But then once we get to the gym, Cass and I will be in the same vibe. Get under the bar, do the work, get the fuck out of the gym, go home, rest, eat. And, and people like to make this complicated. They like you to come up with different bits and pieces. Cass has shown you just how simple this stuff is. It's basic. It's brutal. It's brief. and in, in, its, in its own little way, it's quite hardcore. And as I said, relative to her size, she's quite strong. If she was my size, damn, she'd be fucking, she'd be pulling 350, 400 pound bent over rows, which is a pretty decent weight in anybody's thing there. So yeah, in terms of her training, Steve, there's, there's no frills, there's no special thing out there. She's not, she's not trying to sort of bang the drum for some crazy fucked up routine, or, or as I said, you know, spending lots of time on, on the backs of her arms, which is a thing, or hips, or whatever. She's getting there, and she's doing the same stuff that you and I would do. Get in there, get on with it, get the fuck out. That's it, man. Back to you. So, like, diet, very, very simple. Uh, this is an example of something she'd eat in a bulking phase. This is a meal for her. Two whole eggs, four egg whites, three-ounce grass-fed beef burger, 
Um, and then another meal, five ant steak, rice and veggie. So she doesn't seem to fear the red meat when she's bulking, but when she's cutting, she has mentioned she likes a meal, something like eggs, raw oats, green vegetables, something like that. So she likes to cut out the junk food and cut out the red meat during a cut. So very, very simple. Uh, a lot of women out there, they, you know, women, women nutrition and women fat loss is a little different than men because women hormones affect women, you know, differently than men. Example, when a woman's pregnant, she's going to gain a lot of weight. Even if she eats the same amount of food, same amount of calories, she's still going to gain a lot of weight because her hormones are changing. After she gives birth, same thing. She's going to have a hard time losing weight because her hormones are different than they were before because you're, you're breastfeeding during that point. So yes, your hormones are going to be different. So that's why, you know, you see women, they have babies. It takes time for them to lose that baby weight. And a lot of times they never lose it because their hormones can change sometimes permanently. So very, very important with women, what you eat is much more precise than, than men because of the hormones, the hormonal issues can really, really change. Women have different hormones. Their testosterone levels are different. Their estrogen is completely different. You know, there's female hormones, there's male hormones. So even though male and female, we both have estrogen and testosterone, it is still different for the both of us. We produce it differently. Testosterone is produced with men and men and testes. And women, they're produced through their ovaries. Quick one in here, Steve. I've said on the forums, and this is not to dispute what Steve Smith just said, because all things being equal is exactly right. There are There is occasionally an argument for making minor adjustments to your diet at certain times of the month. And I'm speaking specifically here of the menstrual cycle in terms of the water retention, in terms of the issues that estrogen cause at that particular time of the month. And that's probably also, and without meaning to sound crass, there's one time of the month where women tend to be more of sort of uh, body conscious how they're looking because of the small amount of bloat that they'll have. And so there's certain things that they can do. This is assuming that the rest of the diet, the rest of the time is on point. In reality, of course, most people aren't as on point as they should be. Um, so yeah, there's definitely that. There's also an argument in regards to being on the pill in terms of the pill being a steroid of a kind and have any effect on, its, on, your, on the body. In the same way that guys on CRT are conscious of certain things, a woman who's on the pill can also have particular issues. But again, like I said, this is a thing where we get people, male and female, coming onto the forums and they're looking for particular secrets when it comes to diet. Uh, they, they're not allowing for certain situations, for example, and I used an analogy just with one of the, the fellas here training with me. Um, uh, you can get away with kind of a messy diet when you're out uh, doing the grind on a proper physical job which you cannot get away with when you are in an office. If you're a woman, you can eat 90% of the time the same as a fella, you just adjust the calories. But there are times, whether it's the pill, whether it's the time of the month, when you need to be a bit more aware of it. And ultimately, and coming away from this, if you look at Cassandra's diet and you look at the bodybuilders that we've covered in previous podcasts, again, like the training that I just mentioned, it's all very simple, fairly straightforward, very healthy. The truth, of course, is, that an enormous amount of people that want to look like Cassandra, that want to look like a top professional bodybuilder, are not doing the right things with their diet. So you can, you can once again, the, 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 the story, the lesson to be learned is that Cassandra eats clean. She eats high quality food. There's plenty of greens. There's plenty of all different kinds of meats in there. She might not necessarily be having steak morning, noon and night. She might not be having tuna morning, noon and night. But it's all healthy. Where we know from, from, from the forums, from uh, interviews that we've done, guys can't cook. When we know that the lifestyle in the US and here in the UK is getting more and more prevalent to going out all the time or having takeouts when everything's got sauces on it. I guarantee you that's not how Cassandra's eating. It's not how most of the bodybuilders that we, we discuss on these uh, hardcore podcasts are eating. They eat clean. It's kind of tedious. It's kind of boring but it fucking works. She gets the shape that she's got by paying attention to all the details. Now, the only thing that she might do, and she wouldn't be the, the last professional bodybuilder to do this, she might work with a meal prep company. 
And that has the advantage, of course, that this company should be preparing you good food, good clean food, and they're delivering five of these meals to you a day. Typically, of course, a week at a time or whatever else. And that's the one way that you can get around this stuff. I've always looked at this kind of thing, Stephen, thought to myself, I probably need six or seven of them meals a day, or at least I'd have to double up from time to time, because some of those meals are a bit on the small side. But that would probably be the way around it for those of you that are incredibly uh, time restricted or really too damn lazy to go out and, and, and learn to cook, because you should. And of course, we've covered this in a pre previous show where we talked about uh, one of the bodybuilders, Jason Hurt, going to the supermarket and showing you guys how it can be done on $50 and $100 a week. And I'm sure most of you can afford to do that. If you can find a meal prep company that do that for you and the quality is good, then go for it, guys. But yeah, it's it's very straightforward. It's boring. There will be small adjustments. The number one adjustment would be to the calorific amounts. Quite simply, if I'm 320 pounds and Katrina's 135 pounds, we don't need the same amount of calorific intake. So she would need to adjust the size of her portions to me and vice versa. The food stuff, is, is, it is what it is. There's nothing exciting in there. It's not going to be something you've never heard of. There's not an exotic fruit that's been thrown in there that's having some kind of miraculous property. And it's the reason why she looks the way that she looks. She's getting out. It's, the, the training's a grind and the food's a grind. Healthy, great. Good for the skin, good for the hair, making you bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and being able to get down to the gym and recover from your training. If you think there's a special secret out there, then I've got a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn. Back to you, Steve. Yeah, I love working with females on weight loss um, because it's extremely challenging. And a lot of times females will try everything. They'll try Weight Watchers, any credit. They'll try all these programs and none of them work. Uh, they don't work. It's a 99% failure rate. They'll try cutting their calories. They'll try eating in a deficit, they'll try all this stuff. And it doesn't work long-term. So I enjoy the challenge of working with females, especially because at the end of the day, it's not your fault if you can't lose, lose weight. Not everybody has you know, Cassandra Martin's genetics. No. Some, some people, you're just hormones are not cooperating. And if your mm. hormones are not cooperating, you will not be able to lose weight. So it's a huge advantage to learning about how these hormones affect our weight gain and weight loss in our body and not just focusing on calories in calories out so if you can tap into that and figure that out and learn about that that will give you that opportunity to to, to actually lose weight permanently so yeah i love working with women so if there's any women out there definitely get in touch with me steve smi on the forums and i'll be you know, I would love working with you and getting you finally to lose weight permanently. So, yeah. One more thing, one more thing then, Steve, on, on the nutrition side, and this applies to men and to women. So if I'm banging the badass drum today, don't take it all personally, guys. This applies probably as me and Steve from time, time to time and a bunch, of, and, and I would probably say the majority of our listeners. So here's how this stuff, let's get real for a second here, right? If when you come to talk to Steve and you're sitting down, you consult, and you don't mention all those vodkas that you have when you go out partying with the girls at the weekend, you're making a mistake. If you're the kind of guy that's convinced that they're eating clean 365, 24, 367 days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, and I know that I've seen that Ben and Jerry's tub in your basket in the supermarket, then you need to be honest with yourself. Trust me, guys, the, the number of people I know that have got snacks in the glove compartment of their cars the, the amount of people that I know that sometimes sitting outside the gym, I've still seen this, eating junk food. And you go to their car, the junk food wrappers in their car. And my favorite one is almost what I call unconscious eating, where you spend the whole damn day eating super clean. And then you sit down with your partner, your family, your whatever, your nearest and dearest. And you're watching that TV movie and your hands going unconsciously into the crisp what we, you call chips in America bag, and you're shoveling this stuff into your mouth almost without thinking, and yet you're convinced you've been eating clean all day long. Have a look at what you're doing. So make sure that those things are on point or you are being completely honest with yourself. The best kind of customers, the best kind of clients that Steve's going to work with myself when I'm talking to people or wherever else, I say make sure 
that when you come in with a food diary, when you talk about your lifestyle, when you say how you got to be to the place that you want to get away from, it has to be 100% brutal honesty. So if you're sitting there putting those chips into dips and you're doing that for three hours when there's a movie on, on, on Netflix, then your diet's not as on point as it. If you're sitting there eating ice cream all day and, you're, and you're, there's a, a bunch of Burger King and a McDonald's records in your car, there's a reason why you're not doing this stuff. If you're not getting out and hitting your steps every day, there's a reason. So make sure that stuff's on point. That, that as Steve says, when you've got someone who's 100%, especially with the, the, the female clients that are on point, the transformations can be amazing. And, and these are the people that I like to work with, the guys that come to the gym on site, the ones that are 15 minutes early every single time, the ones that are super keen, the ones that never miss a session. Those clients are the ones that are going to transform. Those are the ones just for themselves are going to be so proud of what they've done. And they're the ones that we want to work with, even if we don't go out there and blow the trumpet, and even if we're not doing something there, because they're great to work with in terms of how they'll take on the advice and whatever else. And those are the ones that are going to, they're like a walking, talking advert for, for your consults, Steve. Back to you. Let's get, let's get under the steroid stuff now. Yeah, we're now, you know, we could speculate on when something like Cass Martin would run. Female performance enhancing drug use is also very different than men. Um, yeah. So very, very Absolutely. important that females avoid compounds that are extremely androgenic. Otherwise, you run the risk of androgenic side effects. I'll give you a rundown, mobster, of some of the uh, androgenic side effects that women can get. They can get yeah. facial hair, body yeah. hair, enlarged clitoris. They can get problems with head hair loss. They get skin it's problems. They can voice. voice changes that can be permanent. So it's very yeah. important to females listening to this who want to get into performance enhancing drugs. And a lot of you are listening to this because you want to experiment with it. It's very important first to buy legitimate steroids and legitimate SARMs because most of the steroids out there like Anavar, for example, they're something else. They're fake. They're really, uh, it could be really you're taking Dianabol instead of Anavar. And if that happens, you're screwed. Same thing yeah. with SARMs. <clears throat> most SARMs out there are really pro hormones. There are companies out there and I can sit here and name you the companies that we know because I've worked with guys who have run these oh, yeah. SARMs. They're really pro-hormones. So if you're a female and you run something you think is SARS, but it's really a pro-hormone, you are screwed. You can deal, be having permanent side effects. Yeah, Steve's just used that word, and I was gonna, I was gonna throw my my, my uh, opinion in here. Here's the thing: if you're a, a man and you do certain kind of drugs, even when you thought it was a SARS and it was a pro-hormone, you can get certain effects vis-a-vis -vis gyno, aka bitch tits. And there's some things that you can do as a man to negate some of those effects without going as far as having an actual operation. But what we're talking about here is with, with the women is it's kind of like there's not much you can do once it's happened. You, you, you can't get your Adam's apple removed and replaced. You can't. It's not like gyno when when they go in behind the nipple and they're taking out the, 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 the little bit of growth there and remove it. And now you look like a fella's got a chest again, that kind of stuff. That's not how this works. When the skin's got thicker and more masculine, when the bone structure, if you've gone too crazy with the growth hormone, for example, has become permanently masculine, there's nothing you can do. You would literally have to have your bones changed. There are parts of your body that will never go back. Never. The permanent kind of doesn't really cover it, Steve. It, and, and that's an issue. I mean, this is sometimes by accident. When and, and again, I get the drive. Me and Steve talked about this in a bunch of codebots. When we understand the level of obsession that's required to be a top professional bodybuilder, a top professional athlete, a great figure fitness, a great figure physique, kind of competitor, male, female, whatever. We get it. But there are some things here where you cannot go back. There are, male bodybuilders can do some crazy stuff to themselves. And if they have a long-term point of view and good genetics, they kind of reduce back to something that's not quite as extreme as an open class bodybuilder. They're not low, they're no longer a 300 pound freak. They go back down to a 200 pound, 220, 230 pound muscular fella. And they carry on like that for the rest of their life. 
a, a woman that's taken it too far, there's not much she can do. There's, there's next to nothing. And so that you have to be well aware of making those decisions. And as Steve said, what is worse is if you got there where you brought a product and you had it specifically in mind that you wanted to stay on the side of femininity, you wanted to keep these attributes that you were happy with, and then they were lost because someone spiked your product because it was a pro-hormone, because it was a steroid of a different kind from what was written down, because the company that your products that you used weren't quite everything they should have been. That's awful. And it's, as I said, almost unchangeable. And in fact, I'm thinking specifically here, Steve, as a very good example of this, you might recall uh, the Russian female athletes of the 70s and 80s and how the uh, uh, East, East, East German, East um, and Russian athletes were being given drugs. Nine times out of 10, they didn't know what was being given to them. And we got into the whole, people were trying to work out what sex the athletes were. They had to be uh, tested and examined before they competed. And as, as an athlete at the time, they completely understood that they wanted the gold medal. But when you got 20, 30 years down the road, a bunch of documentaries and news articles and, and books came out where they've been permanently uh, damaged uh, and, and psychologically as well as physically because, of course, something had happened to them with, kind of without their permission and, and, and in a way that they wouldn't have been aware of and in the name of the state. And that's, that was just with them. So over here, of course, in, in America, in the UK, it's not quite as bad as that, but we're still talking about those potentially contentious issues if the product isn't what you said it was, if, you didn't, if, if it had an effect on you you wasn't aware of, or if you just took it too far and thought you could, you could change that when you can't. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's a real big issue. Let's get into the specifics of the actual stats yeah. here, Steve. So, yeah, we have long-term stats. We have last stats that we can look at for for women um mobster you want to start us off on the the long-term stack so yeah, yeah. The, the article talks about a year round stack a long-term stack of cardarine 10 to 20 milligrams a day i'd actually probably go with a 10 milligrams a day because typically whenever whenever we talk about dosages for women regardless of whether it's arms or steroids it's pretty much half and sometimes less than half of the actual uh, uh dose that would be effective for a man here. And we get a bunch of people asking sometimes about cardarine, where they're talking about 40 milligrams or 50 milligrams a day. No, 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 no. What works for most guys is 10, 20 milligrams. And for women, we're talking 10 to 20 milligrams a day, purely specifically because it's not a program, because it's not a steroid and it doesn't have that kind of effect. And of course, the, the women can use it in exactly the same way as men for the energy to get through the day, but a cardiovascular boost that we know that it gives. Stenabolic here. 10 milligrams pre-exercise. Stenabolic, something I've actually looked at myself when I've been talking to one of our other moderators, who's a Psalms guru, uh, Dylan, in terms of it's having a, a mild anabolic effect and it's kind of a, a strength boosting. But again, this is 10 milligrams pre-exercise. It's a very, very low dose. I mean, look at the two drugs that we're talking about so far, and you're only talking about 20 milligrams total so far. Anabolicum, LGD, another one that we've to combine with stenabolic strength and or muscle, the two of them working together in that particular way. So the stenabolic would be for me, a strength enhancer and an anabolicum is a retention and a very mild muscle boosting. For things it's a year, part of the year round stack, it's about the retention of muscle because there's gonna be a blast stack, which we're gonna address in a minute. And we're only talking about five milligrams a day here. And then something like, and again, it avoids the use of insulin, using a product like N2 Slim, two caps before three largest meals. I think we're talking about in terms of uh, Cassie's diet. And again, this is our only suggestions. This is the way that we think that an athlete like Cass would go. Uh, something to enhance the uh, nutrient uptake, the nutrient partitioning insofar as is possible. Uh, and again, it's for her to get the absolute maximum benefits from the nutrition that she's ingested. So again, look at these numbers and we will link you to the article. This is a very, very low dose, very mild approach. And it was at least half the dose of what a man could do. And again, she could probably run, especially as someone who needs to be in shape all year round, this very, very easily. But of course, it's a different approach to, as we'll get into in a minute, with regards to the blast. And even the blast would still be a lower dose than a man. I'll let, I'll let Steve touch on the blast. Yeah, so a blast, with a typical blast, eight to, eight to 12 weeks, an average of 10 weeks. Um, so for a female... When you're blasting, you would go with uh, Anavar, Exandrolone, 10 milligrams per day would be, a good, 
would be a good dose, even five milligrams a day. Now you want to, you know, we, I can't stress it enough. You got to make sure you're buying this antivar from a legit steroid. So you can come on our forums, evolution.org, find an approved vetted source to get your antivar. If you buy the antivar, you just Google, or you buy antivar from some guy in your gym or some trainer in your gym. They don't know where it came from. They don't know if it's legit. They haven't tested it. So you got to make sure it's legit. Um, very, very important. Luckily, we do have legit antivar. Another option too that you can add to it or you can run oral premobolin, 25 to 50 milligrams a day. Now, oral premobolin is different than the injectable. It's much weaker. It's not liver toxic and it doesn't absorb very much. So with oral premobolin, it's weaker. It's going to be have a weaker effect than the injectable premobolin, but it is going to be safer for women because it is weaker and it absorbs less. That's kind of the point. Anovar is liver toxic. So if you're running these, you need to be able, you need to be running a liver support with them as well to protect your liver. If you have a bad liver, it's going to make life difficult on your body. Your liver is your cleanser. So you want to make sure you're not putting pressure on your liver. Always have liver support. A SARMI you could throw in there, LGD. Um, Mobster brung it up in the long-term stack. You can blast it 10 milligrams per, per day instead of the five milligrams a day, which is a more conservative dose. I've had X's run LGD by itself, not even stacking it like we're showing you here, just by itself, 10 milligrams a day. They got fantastic results. I mean, she, I want to X, she's very, very tiny, very, very tiny. Her nickname is Peanut. She weighed like 95 pounds. She could bench the bar. <laughs> She could bench the bar only mobster, which is for you, <laughs> you know, you, you can lift the bar with your pinky. Okay. <laughs> for her, she had a tough time with that bar. She got on LGD. She was benching 65, 70 pounds nice. after a few weeks on LGD. So yeah, she get some good results on, on this. You don't need much. So if you're just a starter, you want to kind of use this as a blueprint, but you can just run one of these. You don't have to run the stack. We're giving, we're giving to give you the stack. This is what the hardcore females run, like like Cass Martin, like some of these other hardcore, like Binland Bailey and all them. So another one to Alsterine, 12 and a half milligrams per day. That's a good dose for females. A good rule of thumb with these SARMs, if you're on forums and you see people talking about dosages, if you run half the dose of what males run of these SARMs, that would be a good starting dose for any female. Ulcerine yeah. is, is very good, good, clean, lean muscle mass. It is a SARM, just like LGD. They are, they are actually SARMs, and they are good, lean muscle mass. They can help you. Ulcerine has some healing benefits, some good benefits for your joints. It's really, really good uh, for, for females and for males as well. But if you're a female, 12 and a half milligrams per day of Ulcerine, very, very good for you. Um, MK2866 uh, also is, is the name for it. Another one too, Carterine, Mobster touched on it on the year-round stack. Not a SARM, it's a PPAR agonist. It is a drug. It is not a SARM, it is not a, a uh, steroid, it is not a hormone, it is an actual drug. So it works differently than these others. Great for endurance, great for fat loss. So if you're female, and the thing with Carterine, Mobster, which is really cool, is we know this from studies, the harder you work on it and the hard, better you eat on it, the more results you'll get on it. So if you're a woman who has a hard time motivating yourself, just think of that. Think of, think Carterine is a good option for you. You don't want to use it as a crutch. I'm not a fan of that. But for a lot of women out there who are having a really hard time motivating themselves, if you're using the Carterine on a daily basis and you just remember what I said, the better you eat on it and the more exercise you do on it, the better results you will get. The more fat loss, it will burn fat directly. It's one of the few things that exist that actually burn fat directly. And then the last one, Mobster touched on that, N2 Slim. Good thing about N2 Slim, besides what Mobster mentioned about the nutrient, nutrient partitioning before meals, it also will block fat from being stored because it has ingredients in it that will prevent insulin spikes. So when you, again, we go back to the hormone, what I was telling you guys earlier about the hormones, hormones matter when it comes to fat loss. If you're having a hard time losing fat, you need to focus more on hormones than calories. So when you eat something, especially carbs, your insulin levels will spike. If you're taking something like, if you're taking insulin, uh, N2Slim, N2Slim is a supplement. If you take that N2Slim before your meal, 30 minutes, it will prevent that insulin from having that gigantic spike 
and it'll keep it more level so your body doesn't go into fat storage mode. So it will prevent the body from storing fat. So it's a really, really safe, good, clean option. It's a natural formula that you can use. So I have a quick question for you there, Steve, in terms of the thyroid drugs. Now, of course, we haven't mentioned these in here, and there's a very good reason for this. I'll get Steve to explain the, the effect it can have on, on women. But specifically, I'm thinking of back, I believe, in the 60s and 70s uh, here in the UK, and I'm going to say the same thing happened in America as well. You, women used to go to the doctors and actually get prescribed a form of speed, an amphetamine sulfate or very, very similar drug as a weight loss thing. And this went on for many, many years and caused a great many problems uh, uh, because, of course, women didn't understand and appreciate what they were taking. The doctor didn't fully explain. And the way that it was used and abused were really, really bad. And this went on for some time. What I've seen here in the UK, and I was going to specifically address now the, the thyroid side of things, I've seen a bunch of women several times uh, come to my local gym and uh, ask for some kind of thyroid product. And um, you don't see them girls come back again. They're, they're, they seem to be under the impression of some kind of miracle drug that they can sit at home and do all the stuff that they're doing when it comes to looking after the kids and the stuff in the house going to work and whatever the hell the rest is part of their lifestyle and that this drug will just lose the weight off of them and they won't have to do nothing else. And the reality, of course, is that doesn't happen. And something I want Steve to address because you have a great uh, depth of knowledge on this is the harm that thyroid drugs can do. And so we didn't mention these thyroid drugs here and yet it's not, it's not at all uncommon to see thyroid drugs, T3s, T5s, et cetera, mentioned with this idea, again, as Steve said, with the hormonal aspects, and the feminine aspects, ignoring the hormones, and the idea that somehow it's going to fix a problem for you in your diet. Talk about the damage that thyroid drugs can do, specific, generally stated for both men and women, that's specifically how damaging they can be for women in terms of, uh, as you say, the yeah. hormonal issues and trying to lose weight overall. So first off, the T T uh, TSH levels, um, I don't know the metrics that you guys use over there in Britain, but in the United States... And I believe Canada as well. Um, your TSH levels would be somewhere between half to five mu per liter when you get the blood work done. That would be a normal range. Now, again, we go back to the hormone thing. If your thyroid is poor, you're going to have a hard time in your metabolism, obviously. So, what we see a lot now is metabolic damage. And that is from poor diet over time will cause that metabolic damage. So one of the best ways to improve your thyroid would be to fix that metabolic damage, fix your gut health. That's another area that I work with with females is I want to fix your gut health. Very, very important. So the way you fix your gut health is transitioning to more of a time-restricted style of eating, fasting protocols, and also what you eat is very important to boost your metabolic rate. We know those fruits and vegetables, those pesky fruits and vegetables that nobody likes to eat are the things that actually cause those pesky fruits and vegetables actually can help your thyroid improve. So because they have so much minerals and vitamins, but if you don't have the gut health in the first place, your minerals are going to be poor. So thyroid drugs. A lot of women want to mess around with thyroid drugs. Now, when you use a thyroid drug, T3 Cytomel, your thyroid actually becomes suppressed. It's just like a, how a male would use testosterone and it shuts, it suppresses their HBTA and it tells their body that, hey, I have an excess amount of these hormones, so I don't have to produce it anymore. So it, it suppresses it. So same thing with thyroid drugs. You take a thyroid drug, it's going to suppress your your thyroid the same way. And then when you come off the thyroid drug down the line, you're going to be suppressed and your thyroid may be, may be damaged a little bit and it will take time for it to come back. So any weight you lose from that is just going to come back. But the whole metabolism thing is completely overdone. It doesn't, it doesn't work. You can have a slow metabolism and be lean. You can have a fast metabolism and be fat. There is no, it's not necessarily a correlated thing. So it's very, very important if you do get blood work done and your TSH levels are, are, are not where they need to be, and your thyroid is not producing where you want to be, instead of going on a drug, like, you know, um, you know, you want to do it. Everyone wants to take something. It's better to fix the problem. So I do not recommend thyroid meds 
if you are want to run these types of stacks, you want to run PEDs, I do not recommend thyroid drugs. I recommend you look at your gut health and you look at the foods you're eating. And that can that will that will improve your thyroid. I've seen women that I've worked with go from completely screwed thyroid levels, completely screwed. They were eating mm. diet. Uh, no, they were eating a uh, Pepsi and, and soda. They were going to McDonald's and eating. They were com- on a complete crap diet, never touched a fruit or vegetable in years. And their thyroid was screwed. Well, yeah, it's going to be screwed. That's the way our bodies work. So I've revamped them from that diet to a completely clean diet and their thyroid completely recovered like magic. Like they never had thyroid problems before. And their doctor's answer has been, oh, you know, you never had thyroid problems to begin with. That's their answer. Cause they can't explain it because doctors, you know, they, they don't understand how important diet is. Doctors take one diet class entire medical school. So they don't understand it. It's not their fault, but they just don't get it. They never learn that diet matters. So yeah, for females, definitely stay away from thyroid drugs. Stay away also from clambuterol. I'm not a fan of clambuterol. It's a nasty, nasty stimulant. It destroys your heart health. It destroys your heart health. So I, I want you to run, you know, a smart PED stack. That would be something to run. And, you know, um, and that's, that's the way, uh, that's why I recommend it. So, you know, we give I'm you some good options it. in this article. You check out this article, we give you some really good options. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mark. One of the things I was going to say that works with right here, we talk about getting the blood uh, done, blood done when we're talking to the male athletes on the forums. The same thing applies to women, have a hormonal profile done so that Steve and, and people like that can give you good advice based on your hormonal profile. We can talk about the drugs and medication that you're on, for example, which I've mentioned already in regards to the, the birth control pill, contraception, and other bits and pieces, and other, other lifestyle changes you might need to make. And like I said, we, we I, I particularly made a point with regards to the thyroids because you notice that we wasn't recommending anything like that in a cycle like this. And I suspect that someone like Cass Martin, an athlete of her genetic ability, an athlete who's going to be as on point and obsessed about being a great athlete that she is, would be would have all this kind of knowledge that she's not going to mess with cleanse, she's not going to mess with thyroid, she's going to have a hormonal profile, probably done two, three times a year, Steve, whether she's on cycle or not. And uh, specifically looking to make sure if she uh, wants to retain the, the, the femininity that she has, that she wants to be have the athletic look, uh, borderline muscular look that she has, would have her profile probably done six times a year, just so that she could see if there's any changes in there. You know, even stress can affect your hormonal profile and, and the way that your body responds to certain particular things. We talk about this stuff all the time. If, for example, that your diet was almost on point and your lifestyle was almost on point, but you're massively stressed, we know just how kabotic this, we know how terrible that can be for your sleep, for your rest and recovery. So again, the, the, the uh, one more thing that I was going to say in regards to this stuff, I won't repeat myself. One more thing with regards to Instagram and athletes that are on Instagram, whether it's any of the Joes that we've addressed as a women, any of the, the Janes that we're addressing now. People, you need to be aware of something when it comes to this particular stuff. It is a moment in time. So don't be overawed or depressed or whatever in regards to how an athlete appears to come across on Instagram. If I, on my Instagram profile, there are pictures of birds in nature. But I'm not out all fucking day walking through the forest with a camera banged to my eye. But it might give you that impression. Cassandra being in the gym or eating certain particular foods or showing you around the house is a moment in time. So we talk about these kind of things in terms of the lifestyle and the, the, the aspects of behavior and whatever else. But Instagram, social media, YouTube, it is a moment of the day, whether it's Larry Will's in the gym with a couple of buddies training for an hour and a half. It is an hour and a half out of a 24-hour day. It is four or five times a week out of a seven-day week. It's not even every month of the year because they have time off. But social media can give you this impression of this perfect lifestyle that's completely stress-free. And, you know, even if they spend half the day editing videos and half the day working out their hashtags, it's not, you've got to be aware that it's not always a perfect true picture of exactly what's going on yep. so like i said the because cassandra is on social media she probably needs to pay more attention to her hair more attention to her makeup more attention to how she looks and comes across 
And so make sure guys that when gals as well, when you're looking at these kind of things, take some of the elements of it with a pinch of salt, be inspired, be motivated, let it drive you in the right direction. Come to guys like Steve for a consult. They'll get the truth out. They'll, they'll get you pushed into the right direction. But chill and relax and don't be overawed by people like Casper Virginetics driving you crazy because I can't get to look like her. Be the best version of you there is. And if you end up on Instagram, is Insta famous, then you're out there giving a, a true version of yourself. Try not to be too artificial, too fake, and too much of a single moment of uh, perfection, beautiful sunlight. Steve, you've probably seen some of the same videos I have for social media, the so-called influencers, and they've done little videos of this. They'll spend 15 or 20 minutes. I think you mentioned it in, in something in a post before, 15 or 20 minutes for one picture, one picture, just to get the light right, the hair right, the, the, this, this bowl of fruit, this flower in a vase, so that the photograph is just so, but that little photograph they could have put on Instagram. It's just, it can be crazy, it can drive you guys up the wall. She, again, Cassandra should be a motivation, she should inspire you, but try not to be too too crazy about it at the same time, Steve. Yeah, and, and one of the things, too, um, Monster brings it up, stress hormones. I don't think people realize cortisol, it's a flight or fight hormone. When, when your cortisol goes up and your body increases sugars in your bloodstream, so that's going to cause your body to want to go after that for energy and not go after your own body fat. Adrenaline also if you're a high strung woman, a high stressed woman, you have a stressful job, you're a high strong woman, you can't get your temper under control, you're always yelling at your boyfriend, uh, uh, kind of like my girlfriend, the way she yells at me um, all the time. <laughs> if you're high strong, you're going to have a hard time <clears throat> losing weight as well. This is why I tell women that I work with, you got to calm yourself down. You got to lay off the coffee. When you take coffee, you're suppressing the calming or calming neurotransmitters in your brain, like GABA, for example. So lay off the stimulants. We see this a lot with women. They think, oh, I'm mm. drinking coffee. It's going to boost my metabolism. Well, it's going to screw your hormones up too. So coffee is one of the things you have to lower. It's okay to have a cup of coffee yeah. uh, in the morning. I, okay, I get it. I respect too that. Much, I don't, too much ages yeah. you. But when you're drinking coffee, like five cups a day, you're going to be off the wall. You're not going to be able to burn fat because you're suppressing these hormones that calm you down. And if you can't get calmed down, you can't burn fat. So you got to calm yourself down. Also stresses from food, eating bad food. This is why I hate the if it's match fits your macros. If you go to Chick-fil-A and you have a meal from Chick-fil-A and you're complaining, I can't lose weight, I can't lose weight. Oh, the Chick-fil-A meal, it's only 500 calories. It's not the calories in that Chick-fil-A that's screwing you up. It's the refined oils that's stressing your body where it will not be able to. So you have stresses from food, stresses from drinks, stresses from your work, stresses from not sleeping well. You got to be able to sleep better to lose stress. You got to basically get these neurotransmitters flicking in your brain the right way. You can't just always be high, strong, and always stressed. Yoga is one of the things I tell women. Get on yoga. Yoga will calm you down. It will calm down your body so you can relax. So it's not just about the, the cortisol that raises, you know, that those stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline that, that affect your weight loss. It's also the, hor the hormones in the neurotransmitters that calm you down that will affect your, your weight loss too. So all these mm. stresses in our life that we are, these electronics, when you're using electronics, you're stressing your body out. You're stressing your mind. You're making your body work, right? Your mind is working. So get off these electronics as much as you can, especially near bedtime. You're on these electronics. It's going to screw your, your sleep up. You're not going to be able to calm down. So all this matters. These hormones, they all affect weight loss. So if you want to get this under control and you're an overweight chick listening to this and you're like, I can't lose weight, I can't lose weight. Listen to what I'm telling you and don't just pay attention to calories in, calories out. And I'm going to go eat Chick-fil-A and I'm going to go to McDonald's because it fits my macros. That is a number one mistake that women out there are doing. And it's going to prevent you from, from losing fat. Finish off the show, uh, Monster. Okay. One, one last example, Steve, for finish. So, for example, Steve talks about sleep and electronics. There are hormones that your body produces that wake you up in the morning. There are hormones that help you to get to sleep at night time. And we talk that we know about the fat hormone leptin. We know about uh, cortisol. Steve says it's one of the hormones that wakes you up. Testosterone does wake you up. But there equally, there's, uh, there's hormones in your body that your body produces, which help you relax and go to sleep at night time. Now, if you've got your iPad, your iPhone, 
or similar by your bed with the blue lights flashing away with uh, notifications switched on all the time. It's affecting your sleep and therefore it's affecting the hormones that help you have deep sleep. It's affecting the hormones that help you have restful sleep. It could be waking you up multiple times through the night. And that's just one example. As an, an, And a similar example on that, Steve, I believe, is the, is the question of going to sleep at an earlier type of night as opposed to later at night. Ultimately, I believe there's been a couple of studies where they talked about the effects on, on body fat levels and the effect on, uh, you know, late night nutrition, et cetera, et cetera. And also the things that you'll do when you're kind of tired, but you're, you haven't gone to sleep yet and you're more likely to raid the fridge and all that kind of stuff. So we're talking about a bunch of habits here. And again, it comes back down to sometimes boring, but solid advice, the same stuff that your nan gives you, the same stuff that your mum gives you when it goes eating healthily, going to bed early. The, the, the number one thing, of course, us is going down to the gym and smashing the granny out of the weights and getting that stuff done. Everything else, kind of simple. And you notice this is when we were talked about the thyroid stuff, we were talking about essentially a kind of stress hormone being thrown into the mix, whether it's clean being thrown into the mix, stress in the body and having this effect, which is precisely why we didn't think that someone like Cass would be using those kind of drugs. So yeah, be aware of these things. You can, you know, you can always, if you go to bed early, you can always get up early. You can go to bed with the sun, get up with the sun. Depends where you live in the world. Eat, eat local fresh fruit, eat local fresh food, eat healthily, and you'll notice a difference. And, and, and if you do these things right, funny enough, there's stresses in your life. In fact, it makes it easier to handle real, real stress. So yeah, there you go. Have a look at the stuff that we're going to we'll link you into the articles, link you to the stuff. Cass Martin, definitely for me, an inspiration because she's out there getting the stuff done and she does the weights the way that I would do. And I guarantee, as we said already, that her kind of lifestyle was probably something that me and you could model ourselves on this, Steve. And hopefully some of our listeners and our followers too. All right, guys, number 136, Cass Martin. Hopefully we'll do some more females in the future. We appreciate all you listeners. Any females out there, uh, don't be scared. Come on the forums, post yep. up. I'm always available. Agree, disagree. Yep. Um, you know, and, and Mobster and I are always on the forums. So come on the forums, evolution.org. Post the thread. Don't worry. No one's going to attack you. No one's going to mess with you. Uh, we, love, we love women, for sure, on our forums. So we, wanna, we definitely want to hear if you have questions about anything we've talked about. Reach out to me, Steve SMI, on the forums. Reach out to Mobster on the forums as well. We will be happy to uh, help you out. So we'll talk to you guys next week. Enjoy it. Bye-bye.